Well, hey gang, my name is John Teague. I'm one of the pastors at Two Rivers, and I miss you. I miss being together. I know that this is not how most of us imagined our spring break would begin. For uh, the past several weeks now, we've been in some form of self-quarantine, some kind of social distancing, and even the introverts are starting to feel it. You've probably read all kinds of articles by now. You've seen different models and graphs about the spread of COVID-19. But this past week, I saw another disturbing graph. It was actually charting the rise of Joe Exotic, Tiger King. And so I just feel like in this moment, I need to make this official PSA. We need to all do our part to flatten that curve. All right. I mean, there are a lot of things we need to be concerned about right now, and I just I feel like it's not too much to add this to the list. All right, like we gotta we got we have to address this. All right, there's something else that's on the rise right now: the quarantine 15. You heard about this? Have you experienced this? The quarantine. 15, I know that working from home means that maybe you're a little more sedentary than you're used to being. Maybe you are raiding the pantry a few more times during the day. You're craving some of those comfort foods. A couple weeks ago, I went to Costco, and as everyone was sprinting to the back of the warehouse to pick up toilet paper, I made a beeline for the tortilla chips because I'm trying to imagine any kind of quarantine scenario without chips and salsa. I mean, that is like, that is the end of the world. You know, we've been talking about our response to this crisis and how we're processing it, how we're processing it emotionally and spiritually. But today, I want to talk about how we're dealing with this new reality physically. I want to talk about how we take care of one of the most important tools that God has given us, our bodies. You know, our bodies matter. How we treat them matters. How we view them matters. We're handmade creations by God. Psalm 139 says that we're beautifully and wonderfully made. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul references our bodies multiple times. Listen to a few of the ways he talks about our bodies. First in Romans 12 verse 1, He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Or in other words, as you think about all the things that I've told you in this letter about who God is, I appeal to you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul says that that the way we handle our bodies, it's, it's like our worship that we present back to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? So the, the Spirit of God is living within our body. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And then a couple of verses from 2 Timothy that really had me thinking this week. Paul says this to his young protege, Timothy. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable use. Therefore, 
If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, and ready for every good work. In other words, what Paul's trying to say is that the way we live can be honorable or dishonorable. And I want to live in a way, not just morally, not just spiritually or theologically, but also physically with my habits, the way I eat, the way I drink, the way I sleep, the way I exercise, that gets me ready for every good work that God calls me to. I have some pretty important people in my life that need me to be ready for every good work. I have my wife at home who's juggling a job and also uh, being a homeschool mom. And now for some reason we decided that it would be a good idea to get a puppy during uh, this crisis. Uh, I've got my three daughters who need dad to be fueled up and ready for every good work. I've got a church family. You have people that are looking to you, your business, your department at work, your neighbors, your family. They need us to be fueled up, rested up, ready to serve them just as we are serving God. I know there's been a lot of focus on protecting our physical bodies from this virus. And today I want to add to the conversation this question. How do we not just survive this season, but actually thrive in this season? And to help me answer some of those questions, I'm glad that I get to be joined by my friend Kyle Casey. So Kyle, come on up. Kyle Casey is not only my friend, he's also an elder at Two Rivers Church. He's a husband and a father. He is a medical professional. Uh, Even before this pandemic, Kyle went to work every day on the front lines with people battling cancer. And... uh, So Kyle is someone I call when I have fitness questions or uh, eating questions. And um, as you can tell, there's no quarantining these biceps here. Uh, So Kyle, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing some of your wisdom with us. I want to start the conversation with just maybe the most obvious question, and and that is, uh, what should we be doing right now Um, that helps us stay healthy and prevent the spread of the coronavirus? Yeah, John, I think that's a great question. First, I just want to say honored and humbled to be here. Uh, It's a blessing. And I want to say Two Rivers, uh, we miss you. I cannot wait to gather together. Um, But back to your question, uh, thinking about uh, ways that we can potentially cut down on this spread. Uh, It's the question we're all asking and uh, it's, a, it's a short answer, uh, but the answer is together, uh, in community. This is affected through uh, community blocks of people and them being united in an answer. We, if you've done any life, you know that there are some things that we cannot control. And what's going on in New York, New Jersey, uh, other states, we can't control the response uh, there, but we can control the response here in Chattanooga. So thinking about um, how we do that, the Center for Disease Control, the CDC for short, has put out some guidelines uh, in how to to best stop the spread of this. Um, 
They're really good guidelines. First uh, being, uh, we'll start with uh, washing your hands. You hear it over and over again in the news. Uh, so back in school, um, by the way, I, a little bit of history about myself. So I'm a nurse practitioner and I specialize in blood and cancer or hematology and oncology. So uh, my cancer patients are highly susceptible uh, to getting this virus. So it's very important that I'm up to date on these, on these guidelines. And so, um, so back to those guidelines, thinking about uh, washing our hands. Back when I was in school, I actually got graded on washing your hands. There is a right way to wash your hands, uh, and I'm about to teach you. Oh, sweet. So, John, if you'll get my wash basin. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll not use that one. We'll use a, <laughs> we'll use a, a pretend one. Oh. Have, uh, yeah, that one's too good for, for right now. So thinking about washing our hands. So... First and foremost, we need soap and warm water. So we want to make sure that you wet your hands first and then apply soap. And the friction of rubbing your hands together actually gets the viruses or germs, whatever dirt may be on there as well, it actually gets it from adhering to your skin off. So it's important to rub under your fingernails on both sides, between your fingers, on the back of your hands. Um, and there's actually a prescribed time limit for how long you're supposed to wash your hands, and it is 20 seconds. There are also some other things that happen in a 20-second time frame. One is Songs. the ABC song. Mm. Ah, yes. yes, John knows. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. John knows. Uh, so it's the ABC song uh, and also the happy birthday song. So kids at home, I'd like you to do a rendition at the loudest possible voice that you can of the happy birthday song. Your parents will love this. On every three, time. Every time. So every time you're washing your hands, for sure, and especially right now. So one, two, three. I'm, I'm having trouble hearing you. I, can you a little bit louder? That's good. That's good. Thank you. That's awesome. I know your parents loved that. So uh, thank you for that. So every time we're washing our hands, we're singing happy birthday or ABCs for 20 seconds. And that will help get these germs off. You can also use uh, a commonly known... Uh, formulation called a hand sanitizer as well. We want to make sure that that contains 60% alcohol. So doing the same movements will cleanse that as well. There's also a proper way to cough and sneeze. I didn't know this, uh, but the CDC uh, specifies this. Uh, I always thought you're supposed to cough in your hands. And that was the gentlemanly thing to do. Maybe I was taught wrong. I don't know. Uh, but the proper way is actually into your elbow. So coughing or sneezing into your elbow is actually the appropriate way to do that. I feel like there's a, there's a term for that, right? You... Well, some of these newfangled kids uh, have dabbed that oh. as something else. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's actually just coughing into your elbow. So these are some practical guidelines that you can do at home. But then there's some more general ones, like what we've been experiencing, social distancing, staying at home. Governor Lee has recently um, set out a, a safer at home policy which means that, that we really need to be careful about when we go out, limiting our trips to the grocery store, limiting uh, travel that we don't need to do, and staying at home so we're not exposed to the virus and we're not being exposed to the virus. And all of these things in, in conjunction work to, to try and protect uh, each other, but also uh, protect uh, other people. Now, why do we say that these guidelines are important? They seem you know, simple enough. Mm -hmm. But this is a very contagious virus, and 
we think that 80% of people who get it are going to have just mild symptoms, mild flu symptoms. But there's 20% of the population who it can be fatal to, and it can negatively impact them. They can have a respiratory failure and be put on ventilators. You've probably heard a lot of conversation about that. If that happens, that puts a burden on the healthcare system, and it potentially, obviously, could, could take their life. So when we're implementing these guidelines, we're doing it for these people. People with moderate to mild symptoms, it's, it's, they can stay home and self-quarantine and, and get right through it. But people who are immunocompromised, people who are elderly, and the CDC defines that as 65 and above, and people who uh, have multiple what we call comorbidities or other disease states like COPD, asthma, other things that may affect how they fight off a virus. These are the people who are at highest risk, and these are the people we need to protect. And that's why these guidelines are important. It's why we, we need to have a unified response uh, in, in trying to stop that spread. I've heard a couple comments uh, about this, and I think uh, this is an appropriate place uh, to address this. Um, but I've heard comments say, saying that we need to have more faith. We need to be praying harder. And while I agree, we absolutely need to be praying. We need to be praying for healthcare providers. We need to be praying for our government's leadership. Mm. We need to be praying for our people who have this disease and this virus. It's super important, and we definitely need to have more faith, but I think it's a nearsighted comment because God has given us knowledge of how our body, through medicine, responds to certain things. And so we want to make sure that our response to that is looking at all things that God has revealed to us. Uh, if, if you were up to date on our kids' ministry uh, lessons about two weeks ago, uh, the kids uh, learned about uh, Sir Francis Bacon, who uh, thought of the scientific method. Sir Francis Bacon actually said that, um, that there are two things that God has, has given us knowledge of, and one is the Bible, and the other is this world. And if they're not matching up, if they're not congruent, which they should be, if, if we're reading them appropriately, if they're not matching up in our reading of them, we're reading one of them wrong. So in thinking about that, we want to make sure that we're using the things God has revealed to us through science and through this world in combination with our faith. Science and faith absolutely work together. I see it every day. And so we want to be united in our response but also remembering that God, this didn't surprise God. He's still on his throne. He's the great physician, and he's always going to be. And his, his uh, will throughout all of this uh, is not shattered, and we can trust him through that. This is a momentary affliction, and um, he's still in control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for saying those things. And speaking of bacon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about... Um, now that we're staying at home and uh, we are doing this to prevent the spread of this virus, is, is, that, it? is that the only uh, thing we need to worry about um, as far as remaining healthy? Or are there some things that we could be doing mm -hmm. while at home uh, mm -hmm. that could help us thrive in this season? And John, that's a really good question. I love the wording there, uh, thriving, right? That connotates that we're being proactive, that we're, we're trying to not just sit on our haunches and, and uh, react to the world around us, but we're actively act, trying to, to succeed in that. So I love that. And I think that, um, you know, 
the guidelines are great. We need to follow them and they're set out, right? But once we follow them and we're at home and we're already doing that, we're kind of left with a lot of time, right? Mm. And so an, an opportunity is before us to uh, represent God. As Christ followers, how do we respond in this quarantine time? How do we uh, represent Him throughout all of that? Uh, so John read a verse earlier, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, that says that, that our bodies are temples, right? That the Holy Spirit indwells within us, and it was purchased at a price. And so we need to honor God with our bodies. I love that verse and what that looks like. Today's Palm Sunday. It's not a similar Palm Sunday, but uh, as we normally experience, right? You know, it feels a little different, uh, but uh, it is Palm Sunday nonetheless. And on Palm Sunday, Jesus was triumphantly entering Jerusalem to his death and his sacrifice and his, his death for our sins and ultimately achieved in, in his resurrection uh, seven days later. So, um, you know, it is Palm Sunday and his price that he paid, that 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 is talking about, um, that price is, is all the more pertinent to us on this Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the cost of that, right? We're, we're responsible for, Ephesians 5 says that we're responsible for how we redeem time, how we spend our time. And also uh, last week we talked about our money, that it's his anyways. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are his as well, mm-hmm. um, that he has paid that price for that. So we need to make sure that we're good stewards of that. Um, so I think if you break it down into three sections, Okay. Maybe uh, looking at the physical, the mental, and the spiritual health of ourselves. Right, we're not just flesh and bones. God's created a uh, a unique being within us. So first, looking at physical, um, I think you can't talk about physical if you don't talk about nutrition uh, and what you put in your body. Uh, this is what most weight loss uh, programs will say is 90% of, a, of the job. It's not as much about exercise, but it's about how much you put, what you put in your body. And so if thinking about being, uh, being quarantined and, and making sure that we're optimizing our immune system, we need to be eating more fruits and vegetables. I said I wasn't going to say vegetables because I say it weird, and my wife teases me about it. So You could veggies. just substitute yeah. chips and salsa for every time you want to say vegetables. Perfect. Fruits and chips and salsa. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so fruits and I'll go veggies uh, as opposed to the other word. Um, so they are high in vitamin C. And so uh, that is something that stimulates our immune system, but they also have other nutrients that help stimulate our immune system as well. So we need to be making sure that we're putting those things in our body to help stimulate that. We also are likely not moving around as much, and I'll talk about that in a second, but that means our our caloric requirement, how much calories that we're required to to burn on a certain day is lower because we're not moving around. And so um, we want to make sure that we're eating less or making good decisions about what we're putting in our, our body, at least. Um, so that's less uh, processed foods, and I'm going to talk about those in just a second, too. Um, but thinking about making wise decisions about caring for the temple that we have uh, before us. Uh, it's also important that we're maintaining healthy weights, right? God has designed each of us uh, as a different weight, right? The media will tell you you need to be certain size or something like that. It, that's not what this conversation's about. This conversation is not about looks. It's not about how much weight you can lift. It's actually about health and functionality, right? It's representing God through how we care for his temple so that we can be better stewards of that. 
And so um, this, is, this is one of my favorite ones, this next one is being hydrated. It says 75% of the population is clinically dehydrated. What does that mean? It means that we're not drinking enough water to fuel our natural hmm. body functions. And so uh, thinking about that, uh, that's a big number. And so uh, you know, being hydrated can fight fatigue. It can help increase mental clarity. It can also uh, help you know, your body function and wash out toxins. So I have to give a shout out to my daughter, Ellison, here, uh, is because she gets this so well. She just, she gets it. Anytime she's not feeling well, anytime she has a boo-boo on her knee, or uh, somebody else has a boo-boo on her knee, on their knee, uh, she'll say, Daddy, I need some water. <laughs> it's not, Daddy, I need a Band-Aid. It's, I need some water. It's the ultimate fix. Um, I dare you to try it. <laughs> so so yes. how much do we need to be drinking? Great question. Yeah, so a good starting point is about two liters a day, um, preferably more. Uh, that's 64 ounces um, for the metric system. I believe that's metric. So drink a two liter? Drink a two liter of water, okay. <laughs> of water. Yes, not of Coke. Yes, good, good clarification there. Um, but making sure that we're staying hydrated. General terms, you know, thinking about practical ways that we can in- enhance our nutrition while we're home uh, is making a list before we go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're already limiting our trips to the grocery store. So being intentional with that list will help you stick to that. Financially it will help you, but also it will help you uh, purchase what, what you need, right? And you're making decisions ahead of time. If you prepare your meals ahead of time, you're less likely to make bad decisions that, for things that are quick. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's helping make good decisions uh, about that. Another thought uh, too is, is just making sure that um, that we're eating, like I said, less processed foods because uh, there's a ton of studies right now about the something called the microbiome. It's a big old word, but what we know about it is, is that it is the, the balance between good and bad bacteria that is within all of our intestines. So we are actually learning that there are just as many neurons, which are these cells that talk to the brain, there are just as many neurons in our intestines as there are in our spinal cord. So it is a direct line from our, in our stomach all the way up to our brain. You know, it's funny, right? You make a connection about what you're putting in your body and the influence it can have on just us in general. So it, we're finding out that that microbiome can actually be influenced by processed foods and bad diet. So it can actually increase the bad bacteria in your intestines, which can overgrow the good. Increasing risk for anxiety, depression, ADHD, mood disorders. Um, so we're seeing this is the new cutting-edge uh, studies we're looking at. So this is, this is all the more important to put in what we need to for our body. So what are some ways that we can be active while we're in quarantine? Yeah, it's a good question. So thinking about you know, specific ways that we can tangibly act on that. Uh, staying active 30 minutes a day, that's a good first step, right? Just moving. But it also may open the door for impacting your neighbors, uh, being creative with your kids outside. I don't know about you guys, but thinking about uh, as a kid playing outside, that was something that I loved. And I feel like we miss that a lot too because of technology these days. So this is a cool opportunity to, to live on that. And then thinking about you know, just mental health in general. Uh, this is a time that people can, can sometimes get down. We're going to be talking more about this as a church, but thinking about, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, at least uh, thinking about mental health and the impact it can have on our, uh, our 
total health itself. So Philippians calls us to, to dwell on things that are honorable, true, worthy of praise. And so I don't want to overestimate the power of positivity, but there's a reason the gospel is called the good news. Mm. And positivity absolutely has an impact. And we've all been around those negative people who have a negative impact on us just because they're negative. Mm. And that can ruin our day even potentially. Mm. So uh, we want to make sure that we're, um, as Proverbs 17.22 says, that, that we have a joyful heart because it's good medicine. Mm. Uh, a, a, a sad heart or a crushed spirit will uh, dry up the bones, it says. So we want to make sure that we're being attentive to that. Mm. And finally, uh, talking about spiritual health. Uh, I think this is the, the most important point, right? This is something we ha- all of a sudden have more time for, right? That 1 Timothy um, in 4.8 says that physical training is of some value, right? but godliness is of even more value. So when we think about uh, now having this more time to potentially be in God's Word and having more time to, uh, to spend time with Him and thinking about uh, that we really cannot have spiritual health without a relationship with Jesus. Mm. We cannot have uh, that, that special um, bond without the relationship with Him. And it's almost Easter, and thinking about the sacrifice of His resurrection and the impact uh, of spiritual health. So physically, spiritually, mentally, um, it, they all work together. But ultimately, Maybe this time is, is better served with thinking about what really matters. Mm. Right? This is a, an opportunity. I work with cancer patients, as I said, and what drew me there originally is that, that they're, always, they're always asking the question, well, why is this happening? And if you ask them, a vast majority of them will tell you, you know what, I really understand why this is happening to me because I have a thankfulness for life. It's not about money. It's not about things. It's about spending time with family and enjoying just today because mm. that's all we're given. Mm. And without knowing our eternal destiny, uh, our physical, emotional, and spiritual health doesn't matter. Mm. That's good stuff, Kyle. I want to kind of, as we're closing this, just sort of summarize what you were saying yeah. um, because as we Think about how this ties into God's Word, and then we want to honor God with our bodies. I mean, these are the, these are the tools that God has given us. We want to be ready for every good work. We want to be useful to Him and all the people that are counting on us. And so um, I, I kind of thought of five things that you said, and uh, they can kind of spell ready to go along with that verse from 2 Timothy, um, being ready for every good work. We, we need to rest. We mm. need to rest well. We need to sleep well. I don't know that you mentioned that, but we talked mm. about mm. how important it is that we get yeah. good rest because when we don't sleep enough, we actually, our bodies crave uh, those carbohydrates, right? It's mm-hmm. like, we're, we're like we want those carb runs uh, yeah. because we're tired. Yeah. Uh, so we need to rest. That's what the R is. Uh, the E is we need to eat to fuel our bodies. Mm. Like We need to stay off those processed foods and, and get on the, the fruits and chips and salsa. Uh, we, the A is being active, right? Like, mm. let's get out. Let's be active. Let's go for walks. Let's enjoy God's creation in this weird season that we're in. Maybe take advantage of calling someone while we're on a walk mm. and maybe even inviting a neighbor to go on a walk, you know, that's six feet away from us, you know, yes, and we yeah. just kind of go and we visit uh, with them. 
The D would be what I heard you say was to dwell on the good, mm. you know, to, for, for our own mental health and how mm. that impacts everything uh, mm. physically is to dwell on the good, to be thankful, to practice uh, gratitude. In fact, I wrote down in my notes, we need to be stubbornly grateful right mm. now. Just thinking about all the good things that we can enjoy, not just focus on the things that that have been taken away from us or the things that are hard right now. So that's R-E-A-D. And then the Y, I couldn't come up with anything for the Y, so I'm going to just say... You fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. (laughs) It's a cheat day. No, I'm just kidding. It's... It's yes, it's yes to, to Jesus. We'll mm. say that. How about that? That's it's good. yes to Jesus. It's yes to his word. If we feed on his word, it's going to nourish our souls. Uh, it's going to give us the, the strength and the inspiration to, uh, to make good choices. So what? I always love to ask, so what? What does this mean for us as, as we get out of here today? Well, I think as we've been talking about physical health, uh, this virus has made us... Um, come to grips with the fact that our bodies are frail, we're susceptible to sickness and illness and, mm. and even death. And mm. when we think about that, we're forced to think just about um, what does that mean? What, 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 what happens uh, when we die? What, where, what is the, the, uh, the condition of my soul mm. and my relationship uh, with God? And I was reading in Hebrews this week, Hebrews chapter 2, Verse 14, it's talking about how Jesus shared in our humanity. And the author says that he did this so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And to free those who all of their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. See, Jesus came and he died on the cross to free us from the power of death. Through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can spend eternity with Him. You see, Jesus came to to heal us of the only sickness that can can condemn and destroy our souls. And uh, that's why, as you were saying, Kyle, it is so important that we acknowledge um, our sin before God to invite Him to forgive us and then to receive that gracious gift that we don't deserve and that we cannot earn, but is freely offered to us. Kyle, would you just close us in prayer today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord, we are grateful for this opportunity. Father, we want to honor you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for this Palm Sunday, uh, that you are our triumphant king, that you are coming again, that you have been raised. God is an anchor for our hope. So, Father, we want to represent you well during this time. We want to look differently than the world. We want to come out of this quarantine as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They didn't even smell like fire. Father, that, that we would honor you and glorify you with our mental, spiritual, and physical health. Father, that we would look different as a church. Father, that uh, you would continue to speak to us, show us ways in how we can care uh, and love one another through this time. Don't let us miss it. Father, help us. Help us live in the moment with our families, each other, 
God bless. Love you guys.